0: Hello and welcome back to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake, and Ben Clark is here. Marcel is probably on another holiday, Uh, certainly not in Austria with what he's been saying about the Austrians over the last couple of weeks. (laughs) So it's it's just me and Ben to look back at um, what has been a very, very busy World Championships, but a hugely successful one. I have thoroughly enjoyed pretty much all of it, actually. Um, Ben... What have your highlights been? I mean, I've
1: never watched so much skiing uh, in such a short space of time, just trying to make sure we could actually watch them all uh before we did a podcast it was pretty hard work. Um and yeah, as I mentioned before we recorded, I didn't get around to the parallels but got all of the all of the important or main events, let's let's put it yeah, that way. I
0: kind of feel the same. I didn't I actually spoiler alert also didn't watch the parallels, um either the <laughs> either the uh, team or the individual. Um I just, I, I don't find, I just, sorry, shoot me, but I, I just, I don't find them that interesting. If it was a city event, I'd be all over that. I'd be like the first one I'd come and watch those, you know, the old school city slalomy type ones, but yeah. parallel GS isn't T. It's not a team GS. I'm sorry. I think, I can't remember who messaged. I think it was Gareth Harvey that does all the collating of the results message saying, it's not a team event. All you no. need is one quick girl and one quick woman. Oh, sorry, one quick yeah. woman and one quick man. And that's, and that's all you need. Yeah, Not yeah a team. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's a question, relay. Before, anyway, before we Contact. get too far, check in
1: answer to your question of highlights. um, I mean, Canada's got to be right up there oh, about coming coming to the party with the two absolute monster goals, uh, and I think they got a couple of bronzes as well. Um, So a, amazing showing from them. Um Obviously, we'd expect Norway and Switzerland to to kind of dominate uh, in certain areas, and and also I, I guess. P- Pantro is a bit of a surprise, obviously yeah. we know he was in his home resort but none of the form he'd showed prior to this would, would let you think he had the skiing in him uh, that he did um, but in amongst the, th- those highlights there are a couple of uh, absolute uh, heartbreakers in there um, I would definitely be lying uh, if I told you <laughs> I wasn't almost in tears when Tessa skied out of the GS, oh, having you know what, that so absolute excited. monster second run. Yeah. And then Cindy Wendy in the slalom as well. She was absolutely dominating yeah. that second run. She was flying and then out of nowhere went down. And I was just like, I, I don't know what I've just watched. How has
0: that just happened? I know, it's, it's just it's so hard, isn't it? Because it just feels so unfair. Like, uh, one, you know, one race, two runs, one run, whichever you're talking about, whichever discipline you're talking about. Uh, like, And then, and then oh, Wally, I just... You just, you just any ski racing fan, pretty much every ski racing fan, I'm sure, even the Americans with shifrin you know, still in the gate, would wanted to, to rewind that one run and let her have another go and smash it and beach in you know Schifrin's gonna win. I mean, she won fair and square, but you know, she would have wanted to beat Wally and Wally would have gone wanted to go out giving it a fight rather than you know, what could have been. But yeah, I think that's yeah. probably the most gutting moment of the championship. That would have been
1: that well. would have been that would have been three time world champ as well if she'd got that. And that, I mean, for all of the accolades of her career, that would have been absolutely incredible yeah. for three separate occasions, you, like in the era of Schifrin.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, you you a, can
1: win those win those yeah. titles. And, you know, in the era before Schifrin, it wasn't like there were slow women's skiing GS as well back then. There were yeah. some pretty awesome racers yeah. back then doing GS as that's well. A, so. That's
0: a very valid point, isn't it? I mean, we we're banging on rightly so about Schifrin and Schifrin's records and how good she is, but like Worley won the GS globe Uh, only won the overall globe yes you know Schifrin had a uh, t- you know the, the tough times that she had in those periods which maybe she you know rightly so took her foot off the gas and her, her attention went somewhere else but you know you know brian only won the overalls winning the super g you know all of these people There's still vlahova winning an overall uh, an overall title and the slalom tour title like in the era of Schifrin, the most successful about to be the most successful ski racer of all time and there's still women that are producing ridiculously good results it will be one of those things that in like 20 years time or whatever when people are looking back
1: over people's Careers and stats and those kind of things. And you'll be like, how do these people compare in different eras? And you'll be like, the likes of Holden of Brignoni, Vlahova, all of those people, you'd be like, well, they could have had 50 World Cup wins if Schifrin wasn't there. So when other yeah. people come along and have like kind of similar numbers of wins, you'll be like, yeah, but they're, they're probably not as good, let's be honest. But yeah, yeah I is. mean, there's there's been some great skiing, there was some really interesting course setting. Um, across the whole champs. I really
0: enjoyed, I think both super Gs, I thought were really yes. well
1: set. They, they both you know what? seemed I loved, have... I
0: loved every bit of course setting. I think, I don't think there was one bit of course setting by the parallels, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't think there was one bit where you're like, oh my God, this is just a boring course, which you do get on the world cup. I don't think there was one, the hills, both the men's and the women's hill. Wh- how much fun did that down? Even you, Ben, I'm sure, <laughs> thought how fun that down, the men's downhill looked on the Eclipse. They, they both, they both looked brilliant.
1: And watching the, I mean, I've probably got a lot more nostalgic watching uh, the women's races, having spent, you know, a lot of time racing. That. Yeah, that Maribel how, many stand.
0: You, how many seasons did you live
1: there? I was in I was in Mirabel for two seasons, and there were probably a couple of seasons after I kind of was at uni and i had pretty much retired doing the, the champs out there and stuff but I trained on those pieces so many times uh, on that stad and every time there was like a a, a a ripple or a bump that people were getting caught out on and hitting the deck did... I was like yep yeah. <laughs> I made that exact same mistake many times <laughs>
0: <laughs> No I thought I, do you know what and I was uh, saying it in the commentary I was doing for the BBC that um, how lucky we were with the weather absolute you know we could the weather couldn't have been any better, even you know, even in, in Marybelle, where you know it's all, all there's a lot of sun on that stad down into the center of town, all that sort of stuff. But w- it was cold overnight. The prep, the piecework that the whole team did was amazing. And yeah, I just think we, you know, in a season that's dogged, we've been dogged by warm conditions or bad conditions, phew, wicked.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think we saved up all of the weather luck for two weeks <laughs> in Maribel and Corsha and just got it all out of the way in one go. Yeah, exactly. Because prior to that, the entire season has been a bit of a, a bit of a mess apart from a couple races here and there. So it was pretty awesome uh, to see those conditions, to have clear visibility mm. every day. Like, okay, yeah, like you said, the, the Maribel stad, it does get the sun very early in the day and does get soft. But, you know, it, at no point did you say this is uneven. Uh, yeah. it, racing and that's what you that's kind of when we do worry about the weather and the snow that's what we're saying it doesn't feel as even as the race probably should but I thought especially considering how big the fields are in the world champs I thought there were some some brilliant conditions
0: for, for pretty much everyone to race in. Then let me take you let me take you back uh we, we're not gonna don't worry those of you that are listening uh we aren't going to go through the results with a fine tooth comb. Uh, we just, we're going to pick out some of the highlights of, of, of each of the each of the events, really. Um, we're going to do a racer by racer analysis of yeah, every I, single well, event, I think barring but, uh, the parallels. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to do those as well. Just going to read it online. Um, no, you know, let's go back to the first day. And it, I think it set us up, didn't it? The whole Brinoni Schifrin battle and Holdner as well, that little battle. We just got set up to what we had for the next two weeks. Green only took the gold on the Alpine combined, day one of the champs, holding a second, Ricardo Harsa in third. Uh, on the men's side, which was obviously the following day, Alexi Pantro managed somehow to see off Marco Schwartz and Raphael Hassser uh, picked up the bronze in the men's race. What did you make of those two? I mean, do we do we start with Schifrin
1: or or do we do we we, give Brignoni the props? So I mean, I mean, just I don't think like we've talked about the brilliance of Schifrin, and we've talked about days when she doesn't really look like she wants it, but. I don't think I've ever seen her make a mistake that close to the finish before. Uh, can you recall anything like that? She just literally got to the top of like my head. Five gates from home, or something. Or maybe even less. Maybe it was like three gates from home when she when she skied out. I just could not believe what I was watching. Um, but Brignoni encountered weird. On one hand, can't you? Pretty much, like Brignoni. Like, we've a couple times this season uh, the the kind of commentary teams for, for Eurosport have made a big factor or big point of calling out that there's not any um Italian women in the kind of top 30 in slalom and I've talked to you and Marcel a bunch of times so I was like I've always thought Brinoni was was quite good at slalom um obviously she's been doing a bunch of other disciplines and you can't it's very yes uh I guess unlikely to expect her to do every discipline um so she has moved away from it but she showed she still can ski perfectly good slalom because the, you know uh I think Wendy's slalom run was only 400 slower than Brignoni's I was expecting her to make up time and she didn't make up any.
0: Yeah. I mean, Brynone's, because we were talking about it in our, in our little pod chain. Yeah. Her PB at World Cup is 12th. So she's not, no slouch in slalom, but just, you know, just jam-packed programme. and uh, buckled. Uh, and then we had to listen to Echo, you know, is this, the olympics uh take two 12 months I'd already, I'd already turned off by that point i think um <laughs> I, think, I think once once
1: i'd seen the meso presentation that was it i was like well shifrin's gonna win the majority of the rest of the races and didn't take any of that too seriously she was skiing far too well like the olympics was just alien she never got into the conditions that was the issue whereas here she was clearly like skiing absolutely fine just just yeah. a mistake and it wasn't a I don't know if it was I don't think it was
0: pressure I don't think it was buckling it was just you know it happens just racing you know? just racing yeah. uh, on the men's side uh, we nearly saw the same from Marco Schwartz, who in reality had his own mistakes but managed to somehow save it and gave Pantero a, a dream start to the champs which again we were talking a little bit about Worley and home champs and all that sort of stuff and I was I was actually yeah, you know, I love I love Marco Schwartz. actually he's one of my favorite races but Joe, you know what I was really I was actually quite happy to see Pantero win because I feel I wasn't like I picked Schwartz on
1: the prediction, so I well, wanted to I'd,
0: I'd, <laughs> I'd pick Mayar, so it was long gone to that point. I'm like, right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I think but I do think you know, Pantaro needed that boost, and what a way to start, like home champs, the French team staying at his hotel, you know, all of that, all the stuff that we've heard over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, it was um, it was that was a that was a it was great really race. Cool. And we talked about the setting that I think it was like the last like 10 gates or whatever.
1: They just put an absolutely hilarious difficult stretch into the finish when everything's They're supposed not to be really, not really a gentleman's to, agreement isn't you're it? You're supposed to like words. let it like kind of smoothly run into the yeah. finish and they just put like a diagonal combination followed by like what must no, have been it's, the it's... absolute minimum distance of turns. And I tell you who really impressed me on that because we don't see much of him on the World Cup doing Sidala was River Radamus who ended up fourth. He was his he, second round he was only like a, a tenth of Pantaro's time and a few hundredths of Schwartz. Like that's <laughs> When you see him put in those kind of times, you're like, come on, River, let's let's get you know get in there
0: with the uh, like winters and the guys uh, uh, for the slalom. Mm. Yeah, he's obviously got some moves, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was it was a great way to start. And Pantera, but yeah, there's like a little gentleman's agreement that the slalom in in uh, Alpine combines aren't supposed to be that difficult. Likewise, the super Gs, which I, th- I think I guess the super G had been set, and then the slalom team went. Well, do you know what? if you're going to set like that? I'll show you what it's going to be like in the slalom if you're going to do that. <laughs> it was well, like said, a bit of tip he, for tap. Wasn't it? Both 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 super Gs were quite technical for
1: super Gs, so it wasn't like they were letting the slalom guys guys and girls get a, an absolute mountain of speed and have no idea what to do with it. It was. I noticed there were quite a lot of tech racers that I guess those kind of like Gf more like people yeah. you'd say were probably more like GS specialists in really good positions, and the pure downhillers weren't weren't too high up the 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 standings after the after the the speed leg which was which was quite interesting um there was one bit I wanted to or did want to ask you about though on on, by, on for both of these and I know it made you
0: mad. Um go on was it, did the, someone put, put up yeah. a big Kilda yeah. and poster in the finisher Yeah everyone was wearing t-shirts. Um uh, that's where Marcel is he's at the World Champions <laughs> He's busy t-shirts, t-shirts. <laughs> he's gonna come back with like a thousand
1: t-shirts or just a stack of money one of the two uh but no the one that i was a little bit frustrated with the size of the field it was the really small fields for, for both and then it was only like 30 like low 30s in the men's and uh, in the women's and maybe 40 in the men's when you think of the 100 odds you get the fact you have to do qualifying for the slalom and gs mm. uh that was really short and then the speed skiers who just don't do the slalom mate don't <laughs> and I, said, I told you it's going to annoy you, but I don't. Why? Why bother? Like I know it's, you want practice on the race hill, it is but it's really the hill. disrespectful to yes, the rest, yeah. To that's, the race. That's, that's what that's what
0: annoys me. Yeah, it's, it is really disrespectful, and I think that annoyed a lot of people as you know, Twitter's and Instagrams and all that sort of stuff, and, and Facebook, or you know, classic classic place for people to vent. But it, it's very true. It is disrespectful. It also messes with everybody else that's that's trying to take the event seriously. Uh, do you know what? I think we're talking about ways to try and stamp it out, whether, you know, you make them ski out the gate, otherwise th- th- there's some sort of penalty or whatever you've got. Yeah. To, you've got to Because yes, I know people said that, you know, you still then get the issues and then you might get people pushing out the start gate, taking their skis off and, and uh, you know, essentially using a start place up, at least they got them as did not starts and then reverse the order with the DN's did not starts on there. So you don't get somebody that would have been going down first that, that ended up going down 31st because somebody didn't start, didn't turn up. But it, so you need, it, if you're going to do it at the beginning of the champ and they, do you know what? It's not a problem they have very often. So I guess they just didn't really think about it or maybe didn't care about it, but it's a really bad picture. Just put it after the speed events, but yeah, it's it was... it for hill skiing and the snow is different. And not many people at the Union. You know, the French are the only people that have really skied on that. Yeah. We had world cup finals on that hill, but no one's really skied on it. So it makes sense for you to, to train on it. And I think, it, you know, it, it's with it. It's in within the rules uh, and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. But you kind of get it. It's a big, you know, it's a big event. You know, if you can take a little bit of an advantage going into ski the super G the following day or two days later, it was a fo- no two days later, then then I totally understand it. But Fizz have got to. They don't care about the Alpine combined. so it's sort of like, you know, don't if you don't care, don't have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that that kind
1: of frustrated me a little bit. Just I, I like, just, you know, it's, it's horrible. There's got to be more people that could that could kind of do those two events and and do it justice. Um, but I think we had to great races though I think that the kind of Haase siblings both getting third was was really good and I think if you chose the Austrians after the first two days they'd have two medals they would have been dancing uh the yeah, way their form's gone this year and they probably wouldn't have thought it would be uh Ricciardo and Raphael Haas. so they would yeah. have,
0: those, have those well they had three as well because they had Schwartz. so yeah three
1: medals after two days they would have been absolutely yeah because
0: we were just talking about weren't we before we came on air about the Austrians not picking up a gold medal but go on what you what were you saying before we came on air Oh, but yeah, I think in the in the medal table they ended up with, with seven medals, which based on the, the form this season, you would not have thought they would get anywhere near that many. Yeah. So you know yes, it's a yes, it's a catastrophe or a shock. Well, you know, depending on how how harshly you want to look at it. But at the same time, in terms of how things are going, that's actually okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've, they've got some new people to pay attention to as well, which is, which is kind of handy. uh, uh What's her name? Scheib. Sh- she looked pretty good. I mean, she, but a couple of the youngsters coming through. Um, Should we move on? Let's do it. On to the next events with the Super Gs. Women's Super G first, then the men's Super G. Bassino taking her first ever uh, World Championships... Uh, Was it her first World Champs gold? Her first, her first World Victory in Super G. Bassino took the win, Schifrin second, and then Huta... Uh, and uh, Kasha Vikov Lee tied for bronze in the men's re- event. It was uh, Alexey Pantaro, who looked really good really early on. Then Kilda came down and smashed him, and then Crawford out of nowhere. I mean, the Canadians, like you said, Ben, like pulling it out when it really counts. But and by a and by a hundredth as well. I mean, Kilda must have been
1: absolutely heartbroken. Uh, granted, uh, he barely had a chance to catch his breath after the after his run um, because. You know, uh, Crawford came down straight after him, but just yeah. looking at the the string, it was uh, like, Odamat came down, took the lead. Pantero came down, took the lead. Kilda came down, took the lead, and then Crawford came down, took the lead. So he must love that. I think about that. He didn't look confident when he crossed the line, Odomat, and I think no, that was probably our first it. big kind of, obviously Schifrin skiing out was a big shock, but that was the first kind of like, oh, that's an upset from someone who's finished. Like, we, I think most people doing the predictions probably would have picked um, Odomat going into it. Yeah, I'll, uh, pretty... I've got some stats for you. We'll, we'll finish these Ooh. and then I'll, then I'll bring out the stats. Uh, but again, that was a, a pretty impressive one from from Schwartz in there, having had his blinding effort in the in the, yeah, he was in so the combined do. downhill. He was he was sixth in in the in the super G, which is which was pretty awesome. But which yeah, was like, his, which was his worst result of the champs. <laughs> <laughs> he had a had a good couple of weeks. He had a good couple of weeks. But yeah, I did I did feel a bit bad for Kild to get beat by hundredth. hundred. But at the same time, that like you said, that Canadian performance was was just absolutely brilliant. And Pantro again, just showing
0: knowing the hill so well makes yeah. makes a massive difference yeah definitely uh, the women's side was awesome as well shifrin i think really should have won that because i think she came over onto the stand with a green light and then and then just that last banana that last left foot banana which was like three or four gates from home she just looked like it, it was i don't know something for me could be absolute it could be absolute um rubbish but for me it just looked like the error from like the two days before right at the bottom of the run so kind of crept in and she went hang on a minute don't make an error just before the finish and i think she for me looked like she took her foot off the gas and i think that was the only difference really and it was really close racing
1: all round. i said it was like 11 hundredths and then uh third place was was three tenths off but they were so packed in all the way down to i think like uh the siebenhofer was only just over a second off and she was 17th i mean it was really close racing yeah, um so kind of looking down the results and thinking oh laura gooper army down in down in six quite disappointed for her she was only, she was only uh like four hundredths off being on the podium um so yeah it was, it was it racing was, though it, isn't it? how good yeah. is it when
0: it's like that I love, it was like the slalom today which we'll, we'll uh we'll talk about later on but i just love it when it's tight margins it just looks so good and literally anything can happen and it's you know, you live by the clock, die by the clock sort of thing. And it's like, it's just epically good. And it,
1: I quite I quite like that it's courses that aren't World Cup regular courses as well, because it means there isn't that kind of, oh, you've been on the tour for a decade. So you know all of the hills really well. And yeah, there's been big races in these places and they would have raced there as kind of in various kind of junior and fifth and what other type races. But mm. it is really good when there's not really an advantage, obviously the likes of Pantaro who, Grew up in the town, fine. But then no one uh, team uh, or kind of experienced person has an advantage over other people. Everyone's just got to yeah. get on the hill, inspect, and 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 let it rip. Um, yeah. And yeah, there was some there was some absolutely fantastic skiing um, in in the women's race and the men's. And I think that again the, the Norwegians kind of set their stall out with with um, Vikhovli and, and and Mo Winkler in, in in the women's both right up there. Um, and it was just, yeah, I guess the sign of things to come for, for that team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought it was brilliant. More brilliant racing. But um, I said, I said, I was going to give you some stats, Ben, for the, for the picks on the predictions, our mini predictions league. Uh, In the, down, in the events, the most popular picks, uh, and, and obviously half of these are, you know, no surprise in, in women's downhill, what percentage of people do you think picked Godia? 90, 90%. 90, 95% of people <laughs> picked Gorgia. Uh Odamat in the GS? In the G, oh, a, a 98. No, 92. Oh. Spo- spoiler alert, they're getting slightly less. I maybe sure they picked out different thingies. Uh, Schifrin in the Slalom? Uh, 90. 83. Schifrin-Alpine combined, 81. Uh, Kilda in the Downhill? uh 75 no 80 81 uh 81 and, well. yeah shift uh Schiffrin in the gs 75 and Schiffer and odomat in the super g 76 so the favorites uh picked up a lot of um a lot of uh obviously picks the other thing was that, that gareth, these are stats from gareth again by the way uh women's downhill um there were only two races where nobody picked up any points can you guess what they were Two races. uh, One of the one of the parallels, probably. Yeah, men's parallel. Nobody got any points in the men's parallel. The other one's the women's race.
1: I'd I'd have to. um, What was the most unlikely women's race?
0: The slalom, probably. No, because Schifrin... Oh, she came second. Yeah. Do you want want to guess again, or my Chopito, your misery? Yeah. Uh, Was the women's downhill? Nobody got any points in the women's downhill.
1: I was, I I I was looking at the downhill results when you said it, and I was like, surely someone picked Suter. Nobody um, picks Suta. That's I what Gareth said. Garrison said I, no one picked Suter. I guess coming off the back of that crash uh, would be would be the the possible reason for yeah. that. But because she's been kind of like a mainstay normally, itself, so who gets to pick, uh, Brahmi, who gets to pick Suta, and who gets to pick Godier
0: is normally yeah. what's going on with the downhills. But yeah, that's some really impressive stats. Rod, right, you want a one, two, three for the league? Ben, you were up until today's slalom second. <laughs> then I who did it. you pick?
1: Uh, I can't remember.
0: I, I, I had this.
1: I had this, the problem with not doing it on the podcast. Was I put them all in uh, the morning when you said, "Guys, get these in by eight o'clock."
0: Uh, you picked. <laughs> pick Clem and Noel. And, Clem and then Noel. I. Did, oh, and he came fourth as he, well. He was no help. To you. But right, okay. Um, I did really well, right at the bottom, <laughs> third last. Uh, but the winner, drum roll, please was Jonathan Moore. Uh, he had 35 points out of a possible, uh, what were we, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65 points. I think it is out of a total of 65 points. Uh, second position, Tom Garstang. He had 30, so he was five points behind. Uh, and then in third, joint third, oh, tied for the podium, was uh, Edgar Harden. Uh, and he had twenty-seven points. Oh, is it a three-way t- a three-way tie for third? Uh, Chelsea, the blue, and Owen Rice. Ben, you a tenth, if that's of any. Where did Marcel come? Uh, he was probably making t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I looked. I didn't. Um... Actually, I don't know what he said. I'll, I'll have to find. I'll post them. I'll post them on the Instagram later. But yeah, so that's how that played out so yeah I think it's quite because not did many favourites not win don't know anyway uh onto the downhills yeah so let's cook k- on that women's downhill with that uh, jasmine flurry taking the win ortlieb second Suter third uh, there was a lot of talk about after the race a lot of talk about very gusty wind conditions uh, not sure if that was just sour grapes or what but that's what the chat was afterwards and in the downhill marco odomat finally getting top step killed her second and then alexander cameron out of nowhere into the bronze for the canadian t- the canadians and again, that was another one that was
1: uh yeah, like you said, out of nowhere, but you know Marco Schwartz was you know four hundredths of him and came down after him, so he could have had like a full um out of nowhere from from all kinds of people up, oh, yeah. on the podium um you know there was a bit more a bit more gaps in in that race, um odomat putting right the wrongs from the G
0: and absolutely trashing everyone by half a second uh, in section, true Odomaz style. How good was the drone cam? Like, I mean, the downhill on the men's, the men's downhill, like, it just looked ridiculously fun. Like those ju- big jumps, loads of jumps, like, lo- you know, swoop, big high jumps, but long, low jumps, big sort of rolling terrain jumps, just looked so fun. And the drone cam, man, it was so good it is i hope they've got rules around the
1: drone so that it doesn't crash into anyone like it nearly did to hersha or yeah, those, different now. To those those
0: drone can um, those drones weigh like i don't know i mean They're you still don't want one do one landing on you no but the one that nearly hit um, that hit hersha in, in madonna or wherever it was somewhere in italy that would have that was like i don't know like a 30 40 kilo a it, looked, kit, it, it it looked a lot, it looked, looked
1: a lot bigger in in the old days but i would i would hope there are very strict rules on how
0: close they can get to races and yeah, they you don't want that shadow either, would you? The shadow I
1: a couple of times I did think that in races where you could see the the drone and the and the shadow. And I was like, if that's in their field of vision, you could imagine it being quite distracting. Obviously yeah. they've got a
0: lot of things to concentrate on while they're skiing. So they might not even notice it. But I think you would uh, notice though, because all of a sudden something like that isn't supposed to be there, like flashing a bit of a shadow, I think you'd notice it. Uh, yeah so i hope there are kind of rules about where like uh, i mean you know the people who fly these things aren't aren't idiots
1: they they can they know where the shadow is going to be and they know where the races are going to be um what was quite uh off putting at times was when someone crashed and just seen the drone go, wait, where'd you where where'd you go? And then just kind of like veer off to the side and we're like, director, change, change, change film, change film. Um but yeah, the uh the uh, but yeah, back to the As I said, it was absolutely awesome. Um, certainly on, on the men's side was brilliant to watch. But the the women's, I don't I didn't it didn't look particularly breezy, it's not a hill. I mean, the top of the top of that, bit, it's the top bit, the top is a bit, bit. exposed, yeah. Right? And
0: that was where that was where Flurry made up so much time, wasn't it? That was where she, I mean, again, we race outdoors, suck it up, get over it. That's I mean, I'm sorry, that happens sometimes. Um, and if it was windy, then like I say, deal with it
1: again. We had like the top 15 all within 1.1, 1. 1. you know, if it was that much variance you would expect it to be a kind of bigger gaps and bits and pieces and Jasmine Fury did what she needed to do I mean again the, the entire podium being separated by 0.12 is 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 crazy and I think Souter put some pretty emotional posts up to, you know about uh the the crash from um uh you know a month or so ago and what it took to get back and those kind of things and it's You know, we talk about the slalom skiers losing confidence when they keep skiing out. I think for every time you ski out as a as a speed racer, that involves ending up in a you know pile in the nets. You like it takes you 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 almost need some races back under your belt, or or, you know you know you're the you're the speed racer, but yeah, DNF doesn't often train. Yeah, training training runs don't give you the confidence that race runs do. So for her to come back in a world champs. And, you know, be able to put it on the line like that and come away with a podium, I think she, you know, she seemed like absolutely overjoyed with it. Some, some people that out there that are kind of absolute winners aren't very happy when they're on any step of the podium that isn't the top one, but she looked absolutely overjoyed with it. Um do we need to talk about Goggia somehow finding a way to straddle in a downhill? Yeah, I think we probably should. Or just just
0: go all the way
1: through the middle of a panel and just carry on skiing. Okay. It's no big deal.
0: Yeah. Finish the race and then go, what do you mean she was disqualified? Then having to look back at the, watch the replays and then go, oh no, she straddled went, in a downhill she went Good. through through the gate not just arms
1: and shoulders she went all kinds of through the i mean it's classic God, do
0: you know what she's probably crashed so many times that that actually like straddling a downhill gate going at the bottom of that steep going like 75 miles an hour probably not that much of a big deal she's done way worse and survived that one she's like yeah straddled it carried on didn't i whatever it's only a
1: matter of time before someone gives us machine pads. um the, it for, was uh, downhill, and yeah. again, she was she like she made a big enough mistake that it, she wasn't. I don't think she was on the podium, was she? With with the time that she did get, she was off right. off the pace. But she like at the top again, she was doing godgier stuff and absolutely flying. Um, so Do I didn't read was...
0: anything into that in terms of going forward, or is that just is that just godtier doing godgier things and whatever she's going to carry on? I mean, she's pretty much wrapped up the titles anyway as already hasn't she? I think she'll be fine. I didn't read anything
1: about any injuries. No, no, um, but I mean, in general going
0: forward, is that, do you know, is she just going to, does that, it, that's just got you right? She, yeah. Like I don't, I, at
1: no point has she ever made it seem to anyone like she worries about her, you know, health and well wellbeing. Uh, and she always looks like she wants to go faster and enjoys it. Like she, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the year saying um, at various times, Lara Keeper Army has looked a bit disinterested in the finish area and stuff with, Gaggi, you know, she she hates not winning, but she always looks like she enjoys racing. So yes. I, I imagine we'll, we'll we'll keep seeing her until uh, I guess her body says, "All right, stop throwing me into nets; yes. it hurts." Yes, a <laughs> nets are not
0: fun <laughs> places.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's probably one of the bigger disappointments was was, was Army in in the speed event just wasn't wasn't really there to yeah, for, I just don't know for, what to you be just, seen.
0: I just, uh,
1: I mean. Obviously, that like said, she was very close to the podium in the CPG, but ended up sick. But then, again, that, that downhill was down, so down, in, down in
0: ninth. It should be so interesting to spend a bit of time with her, either as a fly on the wall or, like, just trying to, you know, understand more about her. Because you don't really see a lot from her. You don't really
1: see, like... Um, no, she's not very... She's quite a private person. It seems like she's not on... You know Instagram and social media the way a lot of the other races yeah. are yeah she doesn't appear to do a ton of interviews obviously there are kind of required commitments when she wins um but yeah there's not there's not you don't see too much of her and then when you know you just have to guess when you see
0: her body language uh, Yeah, what... she doesn't give a lot away does she it's not like she's going around giving loads of really sort of out there interviews and stuff but we'll see we'll see uh, yeah, before we move on uh, from the speed completely, we to get back to the to the men's again. Obviously, we
1: brushed over it in the results with, with Cam Alexander, but him and James Crawford a- again in that downhill, putting in some absolutely monstrous performances for the Canadians. Uh, I mean, they're always great to watch in, in the speed events, but I thought they really, really turned it on uh, this time round. Um, this was, yeah. A, a great performance on that hill. Like you said, the run itself was really exciting. So then watching uh Canadians at their
0: best down it was 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 brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what? I as much as I love like the I, I like the fact that at world championships, when you get the best winning, you know, like in the GS, which we'll come on to, the men's GS as an example, as much as I wanted Schwarz to win that it made sense that it was Odamat that won it. So I like it when as much as sort of a good old Brit likes an underdog, like I like the fact that um, that Odomat had won. And likewise, you know, I like the fact that he had the big guys at the top, you know, the guys that you expect to be there. But then I do love it when you get somebody that goes, you know what? Like, as you said ben we don't ski on this hill all the time so the sort of playing field gets leveled out a little bit then all of a sudden it doesn't really you know it's one day you know olympics one day every four years world champs one day every two years it's like do you know what i can wake up and you know all of these guys when you're within you know speed races or slalom races you're within like a less than a percent of each other in terms of how good you are for if you're first or if you're 40th you know you're you know you're within a percent as good as everybody else probably, the reality is you're probably just not as consistent and so then for somebody just to smash a full run of name you know Cameron Alexander on his day on one turn is probably as good as Kilder or Odomat you know and I think that, you know and in likelihood that those guys are just really good at reproducing that turn after turn after turn whereas all of a sudden that day the guy just strung 40 turns together which he doesn't hasn't done for a long time. I think he's had he has got a World Cup podium. Is he is he the Canadian that's got the World Cup podium already? Because they they went through that season, didn't they? A couple of seasons ago, where like all of the Canadian team at one point picked up a podium in one speed event, like in different weekends. I'm trying to get my head around the fact that if it was him that got one, or if it was Seeger, or if it was the other Seager, or if it was or Thompson, or, you know, which Canadian it was, or multiple <laughs> Canadians. It just seem to take
1: turns, don't they? Yeah,
0: it um... <laughs> last season, wasn't it? Are you are you scrolling through results while I'm sort of gathering a thinner. <laughs> uh, World Cup podiums individual,
1: uh, he won in commit field.
0: Yeah, so, you know, so he's obviously put together a result like that before, but I just love the fact that, you know, World Champs and that brings out, and the Canadians, I don't know what it is about them, they just have Big game. They've, they've got a really cool vibe as well. the they, The team, you know, we talk. And they're about... coached by a Brit, so we're going to take. So we need
1: to take. We'll take credit for that one as well, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, well, so we
1: got a win. So got a win in the
0: third. So then, if yeah, take so but what percent are we taking from there? Like, I think we should take ten percent of a medal combined. No, no, eighty percent of each medal. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously far more
1: the coach and it is the racer that does the work.
0: Obviously, yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll have <laughs> we'll have one and a bit medals. For those two Canadian performances, and then we'll probably we'll try and sneak somebody from somewhere else. There's got to be somebody else that's got some sort of British heritage. I mean, you know, anybody we'll that it. speaks anybody that speaks English will take a bit of their medal because obviously it's their communication that have made that happen. So we can take a bit of that, and all of a sudden we were at top of the medals table. Exactly. <laughs> take it away. Maybe, maybe. I think I'm going to write to Fizz. <laughs> uh, again, to alter the uh, alter the medals table, no, but no, you know, you're you're exact, you're, you're dead right to bring that back to uh, to that performance because it was it was very special. Um, then we went on to the parallels, which uh, I'm sorry for those of you at home that are big fans. I'm sorry, fizz, not the fizz, listen, but I'm sorry, I just they just don't, I don't, they don't interest me. Uh, Canada was in third in the team event, Norway uh, in silver. And the American team took the gold. Uh, I don't know if I'll have a look at the results, but I'm not sure if that many people picked the Americans for the win. Um, a lot of Norwegian people, not a lot of Norwegian fans. The only thing I would say that it brought back to, you know, we talked about the injuries and stuff before, because they had that little sub, didn't they? Because Tviberg hit her head and then Liesdal did the final run, didn't they? Um just again, if your head hurts, I mean, it obviously couldn't hurt that much because the following day she came out and went won the uh the individual parallel, yeah, if that makes sense, um, but yeah, I, I, I like to think that fizz should have something to do with some sort of concussion testing. If it's that bad that you can't ski, then I don't know, safety, whatever.
1: Safety is elevated. Um, like, whatever
0: but- we race downhill, we we do eighty-five, ninety miles an hour in lycra suit with a carbon fiber helmet, crashing into nets. you know, yeah. I mean, I, what I'd say, I mean,
1: just. I, again didn't didn't watch the parallels but i'm kind of glad for the, the teams that they were because there are some quite good like you know great names of, of great races in there that we're kind of used to used to seeing and they're always good races and yes we've been annoyed when the absolute mega stars don't race but you know you could imagine being part of that american team nina o'brien river adamus paula moltz and tommy ford that has got a, that team has got a lot of personality yes uh, i imagine that would be really fun to race amongst that group of people and then like we said similarly with the canadians val grenier jeff reed uh the big downhiller rock at the gs Britt richardson and eric reed so both brothers getting in in on the mix as well you know that that's really Britt really richardson fun
0: skewed pretty well in the gs as well didn't she i thought that was that was a bit of a um the other thing the thing i would actually say quickly about the teams uh in, in case you were trying to race off the team um <laughs> was you talked about the big names doing it but imagine if Imagine Austria fielded their best team, which would have in which would have included Marco Schwarz. Like the guy wouldn't have had a day off i mean he had a very it. heavy <laughs> he had a very heavy workload this
1: there they made a big deal of that on, on the commentary as well and did, with his new found ridiculous ability to ski speed despite being quite a small guy for yeah. definitely for, for a speed racer he's tiny but he's not particularly big for a tech racer either so the no. fact that he's come back from this ankle injury and suddenly found the touch of of marco odomat on the speed skis is quite it's quite brilliant but yeah if he'd if he'd raced in there but that's the problem with all major championships if you're an all-round skier that you you have to pick your events like we talk about with shiffering all the time because yes. there's just too many races in too short a space of time to do i mean he yeah he could have done the individual parallel and the team parallel um, and basically raced in every event in the in the entire world championship same as shiffering could
0: um as well there's the you know there's not yeah, too exactly, many people that fit be, into be, that category you know, did, did, did did um did sacrifice the slalom to do the other events? Yeah, possibly. I mean, he, d- he didn't ski his best slalom uh, in,
1: in, in the slalom event. That's nothing to take away from the people who did medal, but he didn't look his absolute best. But,
0: you know, he, he, he'd he already yeah. got two medals at that
1: point. So, maybe yeah, so he's, it's a he's success happening. anyway. Yeah. Is it a
0: success anyway. But yeah, I just think it's interesting. I mean, you couldn't, you could, you know, I don't think you could have skied every event, which is a bit of a shame because you do want the superstars in every, every race, but you just, you, you it's impossible, I think. I just don't think you could have done it, really. I mean, you, you could have done it, but you, you couldn't have done it. Um, so that was that was the team parallel the team the two person four person team uh but the uh, men's and women's parallels were um uh, the, the the good thing about it, i will say the good thing about it because i did watch the big final and the small final of eight, of both um was that at least the courses were the same How, like remember when we looked back at last world champs and it was like about 15 seconds quicker on one course than the other with <laughs> 15 a, <seconds>. like 50 <laughs> it was like 50 minutes like I think it was a good minute quicker on one course than the other. And uh, no, over but this time, I think... <laughs> Certainly it was... an argument I made on several occasions uh, <laughs> when I got Sorry. beaten by a minute. It would
1: have been dead even if it wasn't for these courses, there. <laughs> Uh
0: So, you know, that, that is a plus. Uh, on the men's side, on Haugen was third, another uh, um, medal for Van Dier. Uh, Dominic Raschner for the Austrians was second, another Austrian medal, Alexander Schmid um, in third, which actually, I think... He is a seriously good skier that we haven't seen the best of. Uh, and in the, until maybe that day, and in the women's parallel, Sternesund, who does love a parallel GS, Sandy Wendy on another podium, and Zwieberg, who looked like she, uh, you know, looked very, very comfortable. She's a powerful athlete and just looked like she was, I don't know, wanted it. She, she was up for it, was not she? Um, but yeah, so I think uh, they're good events. I just, I, I, are they good events i mean i just country i don't think they're good events i think i think they're okay events i think there they're are van- some, they're vanilla events Do you know what i mean there are think- some
1: good runs and races within the the event but i think it's so hard uh when obviously I haven't watched these specific ones but when we've watched them before it kind of gets a bit monotonous and you almost miss the good races when they happen like you read some of the names and 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 the performances obviously you know they've had to ski immensely to win and in there there would have been some brilliant races but at times there's a lot of in the middle yeah um which is kind of what what you're talking about and then you know do you do you think that the fastest parallel racer in the world is Marie-Therese Thibyberg or is it probably still Schifrin and Vlahova and whoever didn't race that's that's the problem with putting them into these world champs that we just talked about with people resting and all those kind of things are you actually the best in the world at it, or are you just the, you know the the benefiting from other people's schedule?
0: Like yeah, you've still got to ski well, and congratulations yeah. to everyone for skiing well. But, but also that's clear. the argument. Of the NF, you know, that's the argument of of uh, is is Laurence Saint-Germain the best slalom skier in the world? No, but on that well, day she was. She she is because she won that race. Other people didn't not enter that were better than no her. no that's true in terms no, of they, your entry, from your entry perspective it's true yeah not you, about you not about crashing, but yeah like so Schifrin didn't enter the parallel yeah whereas she could probably win it
1: and that I think that's more the angle I'd come from in terms of at a world championships and maybe it needs to, you know look, let's not kind of make it even longer event and make it three weeks but if you
0: want the absolute best in the world to win. I still Whatever don't think they'd enter. Is. I don't think they'd <laughs> enter because I don't think it matters, it, 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 harshly as that sounds, to 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 a Schifrin, to a Schwarz, to a Odermat, to you know, to to the the top five probably in 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 slalom and GS and Super G. Arguably, um, d- does it matter to them? No. It's an opportunity for like. I don't know the second seven, you know, on the start list. Is it's it's an opportunity for the eight to fifteen to be the best?
1: Yeah, basically. I think it's agree a bit convoluted
0: and I think it's probably a bit, you know, potentially a little unfair. But I think I think we can we know where we're coming from. And I think people at home get it as well. I guess. If you don't, let us know. It'd be interesting to see whether you anybody anybody that loves it and really thinks that it's got a place, write us in. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Yeah, my, my, my biggest annoyance with this particular parallel was
1: I picked Paula for the women's and she stratted her stuff in the team event, got the gold broke her hand and then didn't race in the uh, in the individual. So I knew she had the speed, clearly, but yeah. obviously didn't didn't foresee her hurting herself yet again.
0: Mate, I'd fly over and where she, you know <laughs> didn't didn't didn't, didn't, even, didn't even put on a bib. I think I get 10 points for that actually. So yeah, I'm at the top. Not that wouldn't even get me near the top actually, to be fair. I cancel <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, we'll forget that one. Okay, moving on unless you've got anything delightful to say about the parallel before we move off of it. Well done to the people who won it. Well, nice. Well done. You you, you get a, a PC award. Um, right. OK, on to the giant slaloms, which were, again, brilliant. Both men's and women's GSs were right on the edge of the seat. The courses were really good. The piece were in great nick. Uh, on the women's side, Michaela Schifrin, uh, yet again, looked like she was back to world beating best, apart from that one error where you thought they would have a chair. You know, all of a sudden it looked like it may be in doubt. Uh, Federica Briannoni picking up a second medal in silver. Raghill or back on a uh, giant slalom podium. On the men's side, Loika uh, Meyer was beaten by his teammate Odamat. Nice little Swiss 1 2. Uh, Marco Schwartz dropped from the lead into uh, third place. Again, I feel a bit the Austrians led first round of the GS, led first round of the slalom on the men's side, uh, and no goals. But um, how good was Marco Schwartz? Before we talk about the rest of it, that's first run from Schwartz. Who who has beaten uh, Odermatt fair and square by over half a second in a single run in GS for for maybe the last two seasons? I bet you, maybe not not last season. So this season, nobody. Not many people know that first run was absolutely incredible. And you were just
1: waiting for, at some point, Schwartz to either make a mistake that would cost him the, the, the kind of time he'd built up. But as the lead was increasing, I was like, oh, "That's a bit weird. I mean, Odomat's run didn't look like perfect Odomat but it also
0: didn't look like he'd you know thrown away half a second anywhere. Um, anything, but... anything to do with, but just quickly, because I think we saw it today um, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with it being so slick that you just needed a tiny bit of text. They called it texture, didn't they, With the with the guy doing a skiddy camera run. Uh, we were talking about that, weren't we? in uh, <laughs> it it was wasn't it? Um,
1: Someone skiing down overly skiddy on purpose. Yeah. Um, but do you
0: think it could be anything? To, I mean, it was. I mean, some of the pictures. If you haven't seen them, there's a couple of amazingly scary looking photos, uh, just go doing the rounds at the moment of uh, of that men's piece. As a racer who spent a lot of their career
1: starting with bib number 100 and something, I will never ever. Feel sorry for someone with bib number one says, yeah, "Oh, it was a fair. bit too slick for me." Oh no, um, but possibly. <laughs> as a, uh, when you're like you said, as do you want me are, to go
0: down and make <laughs> and scrub it up for you?
1: <laughs> I would happily have taken bib number one <laughs> to put some judges in the snow for all of the really fast people. That would have been perfect.
0: um <laughs> But no, ice, I mean an ice you, seed in fr- instead of a snow seed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too slippery. Send the guy at the back. Go on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Send the Brit. <break. laughs> um. Well, as you have said earlier on, the fact that these people are within a percent of each other, perhaps it does make a difference but I mean, Odomat's gone down number one enough times in World yeah. Cup races and, and, and Olympics and wherever just, it, else. It was just off the top of my head, I just
0: wondered. If, yeah,
1: no, no it, is a good, it is a good question to ask, but the fact that it co- if it did cost him half a second, then that's something we need to think about with the seeding of, of races and who we put down number one moving forwards, if it's that much of a, uh, a disadvantage but we talked about it as well, I think a lot of Time, modern races have almost psych themselves out with the amount that they can watch other people you know in in the days of of the types of racing that we were doing at times once people had gone past five gates, all you were relying on was course reports there was no wow. video you didn't get to see people messing up so when you see. you you know it's slick and it's in your head and then you see someone not ski well on it, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, do I need to change what skis I'm using? Do I need to take a different approach? Do I need to, like, hammer it on? Do I need to drift? Just having a plan and committing to the plan is is the most important thing. And sometimes there's so much information available to these guys, just, you know, up to a minute before they start, just you need to have such a clear mind to execute a plan at this kind of level. So sometimes when, when they show the pictures of people kind of watching stuff on the phone, like within a minute of their run, you're like, guys, just, it's not worth it at this point. You're that close to the start. Decide what you're going to do and go for it. Don't don't change your plan now because the likelihood yeah, of it, I mean, you think, being able to execute a new plan at that short notice well, is I
0: don't necessarily highly think difficult. It's, yeah, but I don't think it's necessarily doing a new plan because we've talked about it before, haven't we, about how I think the vast majority of what you look at, whether it's on the TV screens at the start or listening to course reports, I don't think it's... any en- I mean, I mean, obviously I was never the best in the world, but when we were using it, it was a tool to work out whether it was different to what you'd had, you know, different to what you had planned. And obviously the vast majority of times, I'd probably say 95% of the times it was never different. It was just, this is an area where you need to commit or doubly commit. You know, this is, this is a part to, to, to attract full concentration, to a section or whatever, rather than, you know, I don't think anybody, any, certainly any of those people, those men and women at the top of, what, you know, world championship slopes vying for medals starting early. I don't think anybody's going, hang on a minute. That's absolutely not what I thought that was going to be. I mean, yes, that I think, you know, maybe a bump or maybe a section where it was running faster into a banana than they thought and then all you're doing then is just going well that section runs quicker than we you know it's the same as what we thought just runs quicker so be ready rather than like new plans yeah true um a lot of it is kind of just reinforcing the what you've already already planned to do and decided to do and the thing um, the new plan thing is where where we creep into issues which we've talked about haven't we and we st- maybe unfairly we're talking a lot about it with on the women's side of speed especially where that you see the same mistake made racer after racer on a particular gate. And actually, to be fair, we saw it in the super G in, um, the men's race in Cortina, I'll get there. Um, where, you know, that it was that sort of shimmy into that banana where Kilda came out and a couple of came out. And I think that it then became a bogey gate because people were thinking they had to do something different. And I think, thinking about doing something different to what you've inspected is probably, the beginning of the end. Yeah, I'd yeah,
1: i I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And this, yeah, I don't know. It was just it's kind of weird, just what like seeing people that good kind of second guess themselves. Yes, um, that that's the that's the weird part when when you see it happening, but. What you could definitely say is
0: uh Odomad did not second guess himself on that second no, one because he <laughs> he's How good was that top banana from him? It was top banana work, wasn't it? It was, it was absolutely <laughs> mega It's absolutely terrible. yeah, you have definitely worked in broadcasting
1: too long for that. Top banana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, bad Ed, bad Ed. If I ever hear that on uh I'm gonna use on it. Uh, on I'm if gonna I hear that. It. If I Just hear that on air, on. I'm gonna start writing complaints letters to Ofcom or something. <laughs> <This is disgusting. laughs> um but you know he yeah, he looked like he really meant business on that, on that second run, Odomat. He really went full, full charge, full everything. Um and even by again, even by his standards, it still wasn't the fastest second run, you know. Um uh and Odemat uh, no, Mayard skied an absolute monster yes. second run. So yeah. although Schwartz didn't have as flawless a second run as he did on the first run, both people that beat him did have incredible second runs. So again, if there's a narrative out there that you know he had the lead and he threw it away, I don't think he threw it away. He no. didn't look like he'd made any mistakes. Be like, all oh, the pressure's got to be just like you know what? Mayard and Odomat are brilliant GS skiers, um, and, and you know they did they didn't have to beat him and. You know, he, he was kind of lucky that um, his teammate Brensteiner didn't overtake him because he had an absolute monster of a second run as well. He was right up there with the, the same kind of times as Mayard and Odomat. And uh, Brenstein is one of those guys, he just drifts in and out, doesn't he? Like he's injured and then he takes ages yeah. to come back. And then all of a sudden he puts a run in or two runs in. you're like, wow, this guy should be Consistent, challenging yeah. for podiums week in, week out. And then the next thing you know, he's out for another six months. I just, or, I just
0: wonder whether it's the right conditions sort of all of a sudden... Uh, on the right conditions that guy you know it was bulletproof icy so maybe bulletproof works for him um but do you know what I mean I just want because he is so yo-yo I can't think off the top of my head like where his good results have come and what the conditions have been like but yeah. I, I wonder whether it could be something like that where a condition just doesn't you know it needs to be the right condition for him to do well otherwise he's nowhere you know a bit like a I don't know a, um the Russian guy, Hiroshilov, you know, unless it's rock solid, icy, the guy was never, never going to be anywhere.
1: Yeah, no, true, true. It could well be that. We'll have to check in with, with Marcel when he's done selling t-shirts. Um, but before we move, <laughs> before we move across to the, the, the women's, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, uh, mention a uh, friend of the pod uh, and uh, Britain's number one GS ski racer, Charlie Raposo for that second run. He had it was the eighth fastest second run. Uh, in the GS, that's the kind of skiing we've been saying for a very
0: long, perfect condition. Goldilocks? No, do you know what it was? He loves sending it. He just, <laughs> just loves sending it.
1: <laughs> I wish you'd do it more often. Um, Charlie, if you're listening, if you love sending so much, please do it more. Because we've <laughs> been talking about how talented you are for a really long time. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think this race for him was a kind of case in point. For Start numbers. what what he can do if he can get his numbers down and we've talked I don't know if we did it when we were recording or when we were chatting outside of recording on one of the the, the many pods this season this year has been an absolute nightmare for the likes of Laurie and Charlie to be able to get to the Europa Cup races to get those uh get their points down and and you know, there's just it's been hard enough running the World Cup, let alone the Europa Cup and and and, yeah. and kind of fist tour. So we can't really say anything too much about it this year. But you know, starting 34, he made his way into that early starts, of the second run, and put an absolute massive second run down, and, and ended up 17th, a bit like we saw in that that run from from Krenchker at the back end of last season. Like that's the ski, and we know he's got. It's his first season on the new brand. Uh, you know that that result will hopefully really kind of
0: reinforce that he does
1: have the ski and he needs to to, to make it uh, I mean, it's just a case of can he, can he get there and do it
0: yeah I mean joking aside I think one one thing that Raposo is not short of and he would be the first to say it is confidence in, in his own ability so I don't think it's that but I what I hope it does and like you say well like you touched on that it opens his eyes to the route that he should be tackling in my, in my opinion our opinion Marcel's opinion you know, is it, it, to do it from a bib in the fifties and sixties is once in a blue, you know, that's a once in a blue new moon uh, anomaly of ways to get into the thirty. And you and I think I really, I really, really, really hope that it's a wake up to him to not go. I'm I'm good enough to be in the top twenty in a World Cup. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I hope it's a going. Hang on a minute. I started thirty four. And I did enough. Yes, there's not as many people in terms of the depth of a field, but look at what he was able to do when he had a cleaner track. And like you say, Ben, let's hope that that's a that's the um, the message he takes away rather than I'm um, doing it the right way. Because you say, like you say, we've seen from. It's just, it just doesn't happen very often that people go from big, big bibs into the 30. And, that, and because you have to do it multiple times as well, because the amount of points it takes to be in a top 30 is so high. You'd have to be going
1: fifty and ending up on a couple of podiums to do it in in a short yeah. span of time, and they they just don't happen that often. And they are more often than not conditions races than anything else. But yeah, yeah I want you to wicked Charlie I mean, I'm so we, 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 yeah, we get, like he get he gets a lot he gets a lot of digs, um, and and that really was some some cracking skiing like we saw last year at Kranjska yeah. So yeah, it was it was awesome from him, and like you know, fair, fair play, great, and to do it in a World Championships is always great. Like you've raced in a bunch, you know what it's like when you're what that, that kind of championship feel, or every, every result always feels that bit better in the world champs or Olympics and than, than world cup one. So yeah, awesome skiing. I just wanted to, to touch on that before we move, move back over to, to the women's. Yeah. The the less, less, uh, yeah about well, Tessa skiing out again.
0: Well, so um, yeah, <laughs> no, the women's, the women's side of things was, was uh, we were teed up for an absolute stellar race, weren't we? Cause Tessa was what she was second. Wasn't she 16 honeys or something behind after the yeah. first run. Um, uh, you know, Schifrin went down. I think she went down number one, didn't she? And then, and then looked like she'd taken it by, you know, a big margin again. Then all of a sudden, Wally was like, no, no, my watch, you know, not in my backyard, all that sort of cliche. But she, she smashed it and so, so gutted for her. Um, but then, the second round, that little bobble from Schifrin right towards the finish left the door open for Brinoni. Brinoni nearly, nearly got herself a, another gold. Uh, just, just quality racing. It wasn't foregone. It wasn't like, the medals were dished out before we'd done a second run or, you know, any of that sort of stuff, just, just wicked as well. Yeah. And no, that was another one, another, you know, Gibrami will count herself very unlucky again. She was like 11
1: hundredths off the podium. So I think in between, I think it was the, the super G and the, and the GS, she was, you know, within two tenths of two, two medals. Um, uh, but that's, that's, you know, that's the way the, the, the world champs goes. you just, you know, if you don't get it perfect, you, you're not on that, on that top step. So, yeah, um, Brignoni just, I don't, I don't think I'll ever get tired of watching her react to her own skiing. Mm. Um, she just absolutely loves racing, um, and yeah. we talk, we talk about it with, with Godia loving racing and going fast. Brignoni just looks like she loves skiing. Yes. Like it doesn't even, doesn't even need to be necessarily winning. Like she celebrated that second, like it was first. Um, you know, we didn't get to see, um, you know, the 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 Basino um, Brignoni won two. Basino didn't quite have her best stuff. Uh, on the day to a few just a few too many mistakes but I, again you you couldn't really take anything away from kind of any anyone in that no. you know top top four or five they all, they all skied out- outstandingly and like i said that stad is a really fun one to race on there's not really anywhere to hide um there's not really easy sections on there you know you've got the little kind of
0: gully in the shade but apart from that it is you know absolutely rapid um yeah, I, th- I think 100%. Have you got anything? I think we are s- sort of lagging on towards the end of this one. Have you got anything to add before, of note, before we keep going?
1: No, no, that's, that's good
0: for the women. Uh, let's, let's crack on to the women's. I, sh- I think we'll do these individually because I just, I just thought they were, and obviously they're fresh in everybody's minds, so it's just uh, the women's race. What a race that was. Uh, Laurence Saint-Germain took the, uh, her victory in style. Um, Schiffer in second. Lena Doerr third. Uh, Holtman. In fourth and Vlahova in fifth. Uh, I mean that had everything, didn't it? I I was I knew that. I mean I say I, I'm I'm taking a lot of credit from here because I managed to get myself some money in the bank from the bookies after uh, picking saint for for a little podium there. But she she's been knocking this. Uh, hit another sporting cliche coming your way, but knocking on the door uh, this season, I think, and and just DNF'd a few times, but finally put two two really good runs together when it counts as a Canadian surprise, surprise uh, medal in the bank, and it was a top step. And where do we put for in
1: second run? Uh, or where do we put it down? Do you know what? To? I
0: think the I think the the worst thing for her was holding her skiing out because then she had such a big margin. I think if Wendy Holden had got to the bottom, whether she'd won or or like placed close to the top, I think shifrin would have known that she only had the option to charge. But because I think she had, what did she have at the top? Like 6-something, six 0.6-something 0.6 at, at the top of the second one there. She had a, a decent amount. Yeah. yeah, she had a decent amount. I just, as much as you tell yourself, I just got to ski hard, I just got to charge. got to do what I normally do and ski 100%. I just think that you go, yeah, but I've got a big margin and you just don't want to make a mistake. And I think that's what happened there. Everybody what, does it. And I think what's, that's what what's weird is Schifrin is normally the absolute master of just judging the effort level with the big
1: lead because we've seen her have so many first slalom yes. runs where she's got like anywhere between, you know, half a second and a second lead, sometimes even more. And she kind of just manages that second run. Obviously, she's still skiing ridiculously fast. So but just th- gets the risk level just right. I don't know. That's why I wanted to see. What you got? Or what you. Uh, yeah, that's and, what and I Mar- think. I think. think Marcel had, had to say, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think if Holden had come down and she looked like she was skiing well as well. Holden, if Holden had come down and taken the lead or been onto a podium, I think that would have focused. Schif- I think that would have focused friend's mind a little bit more. Certainly, yeah. If, certainly, if she'd gone into the lead. If Wendy Holden had taken the lead, I think Schifrin would have won because I think Schifrin, then you don't, you know, you don't have to go. You don't have to convince yourself that you need to ski hard because the reality is the person that was only just in front of you is taking the lead. So there there isn't me trying to convince myself I've got to ski hard. I've just got to ski hard. Yeah,
1: no, that that. That makes sense. Um, it's just, yeah, like I said, it was just a surprise to me because when I saw the, the lead that she had, I was like, well, this is this is Schiffer and this is what she does. But at no point did she look not comfortable, but she didn't look like didn't herself flow, on, on that run. No, normally that touch that she, like, even if she makes a mistake, the skiing still flows. You're like, okay, well, she's maybe lost a couple of tenths there. She, you know, either she needs to hold it or make that back. But, yeah, it just looked like... I don't know. Perhaps she picked the wrong set of skis. I didn't quite have the right setup for that second round yeah, because maybe. at no at no point did her skiing look normal, Schifrin. But I mean, if you can have an off day and still get a second in the in in the World Champ, you, you're doing all
0: right. And yeah, I mean, that's the that, that's reality of Schifrin's career slash life, though, isn't it? Really, at this stage of her career, and and um, Man did absolutely, you know, smash that second. round. I love the way that she hand. didn't she what was it um I don't think I quite heard her say it but I've read about it afterwards that um when Schifrin was skiing down or just before Schifrin had skied down maybe before Schifrin pushed out of the gate she asked uh Elena Durt which side of the podium was second because <laughs> she, she I think I, I read that that's what she'd said in the finish area to ask which side second was because she just I mean I just go over they to me yeah okay, yeah um so I thought that was very funny. Do you know what I, th- I I really like her? She's she seems again never met her, but she seems like a a, a very likable character. I remember I messaged her once, not like stalker alert, but I messaged her once. On, uh, <laughs> so I'm watching you. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. don't. <Da, da>, <laughs> I was watching you on the television uh, of you in your house. No, of, uh, no, I was watching. It. I, I said it was um it was that race, Ben. Do you remember she did a second run without shin pads on? I
1: think we all did. I think we all said we've all been there.
0: We've all done it at least once. Yeah, so I I messaged her like saying, I don't know, whatever, but I hope your shins aren't too sore after skiing. She was like, Yeah, I totally forgot until I got to the bottom. I didn't have shin pads on. And I just thought she was just really down to earth, like again, mistake that most people have, you know, race. I mean, maybe not most people have forgotten shin pads, but most, you know, at some point you will have forgotten. I've done it I've done it a couple times there's
1: times. there's I've done it at training as well there's times when you notice before you go out the gate but you don't have enough time to actually get the pads on those ones are the worst because you're anticipating it there's times when you have completely but you just presume they're on the whole time and then you get to like the second or third game like Something Do you know doesn't what? feel right, and then you get half, and then you're thinking about it the whole way down, going ow, ow,
0: ow, <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Do you know what I'm going to have to boot all of these so that oh, I don't,
1: so that I, don't, so that my shins don't take any other punishment? I was
0: um, I I have maybe too much information, but the occasional uh, like nightmarey type, sort of uh, an actual sort of sleeping dream slash nightmare. I have, I must have them once every, I don't know, few months of standing in a ski racing start gate and all of a sudden like not having a helmet on or not having like my skis on having something you know looking down and it's like the beeps and i'm wearing somebody else's skis or i've not got shin pads on or my boots are undone and i've not got the liners on like <laughs> just it's The randomest thing, and that just reminded me of that. Yeah, maybe an overshare. Is but like
1: your subconscious telling you you're not prepared for life.
0: <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> and, now, and now, and now I have got a son. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, no, I've, I.
1: I mean, I have. I have in fact raced with someone else's skis on by mistake before. My coach once put his skis down instead of mine, and we had a very similar looking pair of skis. Uh, in a <laughs> exactly race. what
0: you want your coach's skis because yes. they look after their equipment. Yes. Which you have
1: not had prepared in six months, uh, and I was—I think I was fourth after the first run, and then when I put my skis on for the second one, I bailed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, I should always—I was... sh- I should always use my coaches, mate. It's never, skis. It's never about the equipment. It's never about
0: the equipment. How many times have we said it? Don't blame your equipment.
1: <laughs> That's another example of the coach taking eighty percent of the medal. Just
0: quickly, there was a, there was obviously a massive story at the games about Schifrin and. Mike Day, her coach, parting ways, uh, we haven't talked about it because we, we don't really know um, other than what's been written and, and spoken about in you know in conjecture over the last few days so we, we're not sort of weighing in on it other than it's really bad timing, um, so it must be something it, it must be something serious where it, you know
1: it's very weird that it's in the middle of the champs
0: yeah you know yes to come, announce it and yes. and, those and, and for things. it to actually happen, I mean <laughs> you know yes you at this time of season you do hear about so and so's coaches moving to so and so's country I mean Mike to the Austrians wonder if you've got any odds on that um but do you know what I mean like you do hear at this point about coaches moving around the merry go round happens the latter half of the winter to be ready for this is the time where all the conversations happen um but for them to part ways and for him to jump on a plane mid champs um very weird, and you and this, and the Americans set in the second round of the slalom, didn't they? And you can guarantee that that was supposed to be Mike Day. Schifrin didn't win, yeah. <laughs> it would have been, Schifrin's, I it think... would have been Day that would have said
1: maybe you got too mad with all of the uh, uh.
0: Kilda Schiffrin Instagram. We, I post. think I think that's probably. Master, right. I think, yeah, we don't know what t-shirt. it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: a T-shirt he flipped out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what it is, so we're going to assume that he was as sick as me of uh, seeing all the Kilda Schiffrin lovey dovey Insta from every corner of the planet. Uh, and thank you, yeah. those of you. Thank have, of you. Thank have you, a heart, thank Ed. You. Have a heart. Thank, thank you to all of those of you. Like the 20 or 30 of you that regularly take great pleasure in forwarding me and messaging me <laughs> every single one of these posts. Um, even my I wife have... even gets in on the action now. Anytime that she sees any of that, she's like straight, straight sends it to my inbox. I did like, have the, I do every time I see it, I do
1: think, should I send this to Ed and Marcel <laughs> to just watch the fireworks go off and Mar- watch Marcel just reply with that's going on a t shirt and you to just start swearing. Um, but. But yeah, it's a, it's a really weird situation, and we'll maybe focus on it on another pod when 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 and if any any details actually yeah. come out about it. But yeah, m- maybe that was something that was off on on that second run. But well, you just I, and
0: my point is like it I don't it, it would have just been him that would have set it wouldn't have been yeah the other Mike. Um, anyway, move on to the men's uh, today's race. Men's race was absolutely next level good. I, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. The margins were ridiculously close. It meant that anybody could win from anywhere, and not anyone won, but they did from anywhere. And uh, uh, Henrik Kristoffersen took the win in style from 16th after the first run. 0.91 of a second away. Don't give up. Never give up. Full charge, full attack. It's always there. Uh, and that is what a message that is. Uh, AJ Guinness, unbelievable. What a what a two weeks? When was the last one? Two and a half weeks? That guy has had. Ridiculous. Uh, and Vinatza as well. Hello. Welcome to finishing. And welcome to a <laughs> podium. Uh, uh, Clement Noel, three honeys away from a podium. Uh, Holtzman, ridiculously good on that second run. Bib 30 into, f- uh, what was he, fifth. Unbelievable. Dave Riding, um, under half a second off a podium, down in 13th. Ridiculously quick on the second run. Just didn't quite get into it enough on the first run. Uh, and then Manu Fella gutted, absolutely gutted for the guy, uh, leading the way, leading the way in style, uh, and then down into seventh. But that's racing. Go, yeah, Go. yeah.
1: Similar to to Schiffrin, like but Manny
0: just didn't look like Manny at any point on the second run, and,
1: and maybe it's pressure, and maybe misread the conditions or something. Like he's he's won
0: races from leading on the first run before. He's not. Needs he's, one he's, soon though. I think he needs not- to do another one soon because it, it's it's ominously becoming a thing yeah and it's and they said he had a big crash in warm ups as as well
1: granted he didn't seem to impact his first run but maybe a few hours later when the kind of swelling starts coming in and bruising and we know he's had back issues for forever but he won't tell um, you like, that
0: which is what i like about him he won't he won't make no make bones about it he'll be like
1: i'd like he's he like, such a great skier and um, yeah just things aren't really falling for him this season um, and i think the the other big surprise from today more than anything else was, um, hey Lucas Brighton, I thought you just had surgery, what are you doing back at the World Cup? two or well, world yeah. champs two weeks after you had surgery on your appendix but and you how got told, quick
0: was he oh, how when, quick
1: when, was he going on that second run? Oh. when you got when you got told six weeks off and then you're just like "Now I'll be all right and then looked absolute lightning. Um yeah she's yeah, a real shame second on the first run and then you know like you said just did a couple of mistakes on that second run or like one massive mistake cost him because he was again I did say, I, I said watching it, I said this, these, these course sets look like they would suit the, the young guys like Broughton. And we, we didn't touch on it, but obviously McGrath crashing and, and, and did, being out yeah, for the yeah. season. Like he's been flying at slalom this year that he could have uh, really made some hay on on these courses um, as well. The The first one was a bit of a weird one because for all intents and purposes, it was a pretty straight slalom. Apart from those first kind of like four or five gates that were weirdly offset. Um, for, there was, some, was, there was Br- some. It
0: was set for Bratton though, wasn't it? Because it certainly it was a Norwegian set. It wasn't set for Christofferson, who famously does not like it straight, and it was pretty straight and fast.
1: It was. He likes
0: real slaloms. Um, but I
1: remember like the, the first few turns. I was just like, you know, this is weirdly turny. And then they got into the straight section. I was just like, oh, this is like when they showed the drone camera. That I was like, why is there no offset in the World Championships? Um, and there were some. You know, there were definitely some challenging bits in there um you know not not to say that it was too easy but it was definitely something that the likes of of dave were never going to win the first run because that course just like dave needs more offset in in the in the hill in the in the turns to really like let the skis rip yeah. um whereas most people prefer it straighter for ripping days like no put more turns in and then i'll really smash it um and so yeah it was it was it was a bit of an interesting set that first one um but yeah boy i think it was set for Brian he certainly made the absolute most of it um as the as the fella on that first run um but yeah we talked about it already like the the questions with the the slickness of the of the snow learning my Auto who is probably one of the most consistent and as you know uh from me um beautiful skiers out there just did nothing on those first three gates and just tried to turn couldn't and just skied off and We're like um okay what just happened everyone panic uh, and for the yes. next time like, and that was where lots of people were then do i jump on the edges do i try and be gently yeah, gently that, at the top of the turn Like that definitely just, made people <laughs> crap themselves didn't it because the, the, a couple of other people, I think two and three struggled, like because it was Yule and Zenhausen, so they, that was kind of a really unfortunate top three draw. In the fact, that it was all three Swiss, because then they had no like time to adjust based on yeah. on that starting mm-hmm. order, and they both, all three of them, looked fairly uh, terrified skiing over it. Um, so by the time it got down to, to later on in the piece. People just like okay, I'm just going to go for it, see what happens, and maybe like you said, it cut up a bit more so they could get a bit more grip. But um, there were some there were some really like exciting performances in there. Although the second run didn't go his way, um, Fosoliveg actually skied a bit like we skied. No, he can skied. on the first run. He Yeah, I yeah. bit <laughs> like Finacio, he skied to the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said, like absolutely going for for fella. Schwartz was close again in in sixth. Like what 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 champs, you know like yes he would have liked a gold in there and 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 you know winning the GS after the first run he probably would have would have wanted to take that, that gold home more than anything but having a sixth or seventh worst result in two weeks is is not that
0: going. That's nuts, isn't it? Nuts. you got anything to add before we uh, look go back to World Cup. Let's have more skiing like this more, more skiing like this more, more skiing more like snow this snow like that or not snow ice because it wasn't very snowy. Very icy. Um, so the World Cup resumes uh, next weekend, and the men are over at a brand new resorts, Palisades Tahoe, for tech action GS and slalom GS. Saturday slalom, Sunday. Uh, and so that is the those of you that are listening in the UK, it's happening quite late in the evening, which makes a sh- which makes a change for us having to uh, set our alarms to evening time. It's going to be weird. Uh, and then the women are racing in crown montana switzerland downhill super g saturday sunday uh, ben let's just get straight to it let's get picking which one first uh, let's go men first gs please i'm gonna go with the very obvious marco Odomat. Uh, i'm gonna go with his compatriot i am going to go with loik Mayar, please uh, and in the slalom broughton
1: i was thinking that and then i was
0: like will he just be ex- exhausted he's gonna um, put, he's gonna he, he wants to be american doesn't he so i think i think he's gonna be um i think he's gonna put on a show for his americans what's the snow like in S- north america snowy it's to be fair snowy but it's not sorted which we sorted which we know uh, the
1: norwegians love a bit of um now i'm just trying to think of of, of skiers that might rip on a, on a completely different type of snow because yeah, we was, only I'm, normally have that in early in the season don't we
0: yeah well i'm assuming it's an assumption apologies for making assumptions i'm assuming it's relatively dry it might be quite grippy so i was trying to think of somebody people that got good feeling you could go quite well here but the fishers i'm not sure if they're necessarily the most reliable on anything other than bulletproof zen I i nearly went with zen because i just thought he might have a feel. I wonder whether Christofferson may have just put so much into that. He may just be absolutely goosed. Um yeah, he's he's been up there has isn't he? Um all oh. but maybe Clemmer. Clemmer Noel, he's got a good feeling when he and if it's grippy, it can help him out with not making mistakes
1: that boy has burnt me so many times <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times i've picked him, with the issues got about 10 gates um but no good,
0: good i might i might i might just go for it anyway go noel okay uh and the men me into the, it. the women's side lovely the women's side uh downhill super g saturday sunday crown montana switzerland um who where, where do you want to go who's, who's your downhill pick
1: might be a bad choice, but I'm, go- I'm gonna say Gooper Army in the uh, in in the Swiss uh, in the downhill. Yeah,
0: yeah, and YOC. Yeah, me too.
1: Ooh.
0: We're both thinking Goggia is gonna be in some I, way bruised. I just I just think Goggia now is leading the down. You know, spoiler alert, but leading the downhill by quite a long way. That I'm, I just I don't know where her intensity is at. I think that Gooper army wants to do some stuff on home snow uh and therefore the super g i'm very very much torn here uh between two unsurprisingly goop brahmi again because i feel like she could easily do the double or mo Vinkel, uh, because she is on ridiculous form uh and yeah i'm gonna go with her i'm gonna go with uh, mo venkel just because i think it's a bit more interesting than double goop i'm gonna go Brignoni because she's hilarious because she just skis a smile on her face. Fair Fardous. Anything else to add, Ben? We leave these people to it. I'm sure they got better things to do than listen to us ramble on for the next 17 hours. Doubt it. Doubt um, <laughs> How dare? How very dare
1: you? Uh, I've just been we so entertaining that who wouldn't want to listen to us ramble on for 17 hours?
0: But. Yeah, well, I'm not even the dog stuck around to the end of this one. <laughs> she's, she's gone too. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Anyway, thanks very much. Marcel, you holidaying bugger. Uh, enjoy it, mate. And we will uh, see you guys next time. Till then. Bye for now.